Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod. Big Jim and Goody are back again as usual. How's your week been, boys? I'm back from holiday and I'm devastated I'm back from holiday. How are your glands? Are they up or not? Yeah, Run down? Mate, swollen. No, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, I've been back on the bike again, haven't I? I haven't been on it for three weeks. Obviously, the holiday took precedence. But my missus in the doghouse, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not speaking to her, no. No, so I'm back on the bike. I've been out, went out the first day. And I'm, you know, just a quick 40k, fully lycra up. And then the second day I came back, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go again because the gooch was no. absolutely... Well, yeah, the gooch was killing me after day one because it's had three weeks of um, no gooch action, shall we say, on the bike. So Rest, uh, I thought, rest. Well, yeah, rest, yeah. So I thought I'd go out again on day two. And um, as I've gone out, I thought, I'm, you know, I put the headphones on, I'm, I'm cycling, and, and cars start overtaking you, right? And normally cars don't beep at you or anything. So I was getting the odd beep as I'm going along. I'm thinking... Oh, you know, maybe it's a bit of encouragement. Maybe they know you. Maybe they know you from the pod. Well, who knows? Who knows? So, you know, it's my area. Gerald's Cross, lovely place. And I'm riding around and I'm thinking, maybe people do know me. So then, you know, beeps get more regular and regular. I'm thinking, what the fuck's this about? Like, I'm doing everything a cyclist should. I'm keeping to the left. I'm not going down the middle of the road. I'm, you know, I'm I'm holding up a bit of traffic. Of course I am, because you do as a cyclist. But they can I overtake. Don't. I don't. Well, they can overtake and it, you carry on. And then um, the beeps just get kept getting more and more frequent. By the end of it, I'm thinking, fucking hell, what are they beeping at? Have you shot yourself? <laughs> I'm, thinking all, I'm thinking all sorts of stuff. So by the end of it, I'm giving them two fingers back and all this stuff. And just getting angrier and angrier, hot and hotter and sweatier, redder, just doing my head in. I, get, I walk in the house and Carolyn's there and she's like, um, she said, oh, how was the bike ride with a big smile on her face? I went, oh, fucking raging, to be honest, Carolyn. Everyone's fucking beeping at me as I'm going. And she started pissing herself. I said, what are you laughing at? And she put a sticker on my arse that I hadn't seen as I put the old uh, Lycra on that said wide load on the back of my fucking shorts. So, hey! yeah, so she's, uh, she's, pissed, she's pissing herself and I'm, uh, I'm raging. So I'm not talking to her. But it does lead me on to something else. So I, I'm getting her back. So we have two en suites, separate en suites in our house. Of course you do. And I'm just getting something fixed in my shower at the minute. So I've had to go into her shower. But I've got her back. And it leads me to a question, gentlemen. She's got loads of bottles of God knows what in a shower. So there's conditioners, there's hair serums, there's all sorts of different stuff, right? Oh, I thought, I thought there was some, something kinky. Uh, oh, you, no, well, oh, sorry. Might, she's probably hidden that, to be honest, but there we go. Uh, and I thought to myself, you know, oh, I'm just getting the shower. And one of the things I always do as I get in the shower, I, pres- I presume like most men, as most men do when they get in the swimming pool, is you, you have to have a wee, don't you? So my first question is, do you guys wee in the shower? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Every bloke does. And my second thing is, I've got a back. She doesn't know this, but I've pissed all over her, all over her conditioners and all stuff like that. So. <laughs> what, what a lovely husband. What a lovely human you are. Uh, well, no, I just, I just thought, you know, I made myself chuckle a little bit. Um, but then I did tell her about it. I said, oh, you might want to wash the bottles because I don't want to be in the doghouse myself. And she's like, what are you doing? What sort of animal are you? I said, I'm not an animal. I'm a 40-year-old man. And she goes... No one wheezing in the shower. What are you thinking? I said, I guarantee every bloke wheezes in the shower when they get in. Once the water starts flowing, you just have to let it out, don't you? Madonna's actually famous for weeing in the shower. It's meant to be good for your feet. Well, mate, I, apparently if you've got gout, it's good for your feet. But, hey, hey, mate, I'm, hey, I'm not a psychic, so I wouldn't know. Um, Goody, here's one for you. When you're on a bike, how annoyed do you get with the cars? And when you're in a car, there is nothing more infuriating than someone on a bike. What is wrong with us as humans? 
No, I'm different now. Before I started cycling, I hated cyclists on the road. When I was in my Why? range, when I was in my range, I'm like, they're slowing me down. They're just getting in the way. <laughs> and now I just wave at them. I give them the thumbs up. I'm like, lads, I'm one of you. I look horrendous in Lycra. We all don't look great in it. And some people take it way too seriously. But yeah, I give them a wave now. I give them the time of day. It's amazing how things change. But you're, you're still angry, Jim. But I'm raging. Anyway, do you want to hear about my weekend? Yeah, how was your weekend, James? Okay, listen to this. This sums up my weekend. Wow. She's got a set of lungs in her, hasn't she? What are you doing to her to make her do that? Driving. <laughs> a bad driver, are you? Or? Mate, I'll tell you what, the screaming, they've done my head in this weekend. Who, who's, who has kids? Who I thought parents just give them iPads and stuff now. iPads or ibuprofen? What are you on about? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, goody, mate. They've got TVs. They've got touchpads or whatever in the back. Heated seats. To be fair, we've got heated seats in the back of ours. My goodness me. At what point, at what point before you have kids do people turn around and tell you that you shouldn't? They don't. No one does. No one says. No one at any point. It's all congratulations. It's all... Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, look how cute. Um, yeah, that was my weekend. Screaming kids in the back of the car. Tell me if there's anything more stressful than when you're driving. There's nothing. No, there's nothing worse than when, because it's an enclosed space, isn't it? And it just seems so loud in the car. But that's where you have the nanny to just take them out for the day, mate. That's what you got to do. I love my nanny. She's just the best woman in the world. Apart from my missus, obviously. Mate, I'm thinking about selling the Land Rover Discovery and investing in a nanny for... I mean, how, how many years will that get me a nanny for by selling a Land Rover Discovery? Uh, half a year. It'll buy you six months, probably. <laughs> mate, six <laughs> months will do me. Six months will do me. So that's it. That's my weekend, Andy Rowe, mate. Well, that, it wasn't quite a, a just your weekend, ruggers. was it? You, what you else com- happened? You were commentating again, weren't you, James? Mate, hashtag always Edinburgh. We were yeah. for Premier Sports. Loved it. They lost. Who did? Hashtag. Oh, they did actually, mate. Yeah. You're right. Mate. I should know, <laughs> mate. I should have known. I should, mate, it doesn't matter. It was like a dead rubber, um, mate. There was fans. Did you see? You got no fans. Well, that was a normal game. It was a normal game for Edinburgh, wasn't oh, it? Oh, really? mate, kaching, kachu, kachu, whatever. <laughs> O'Driscoll jumping on the the back of the horse cart as well, talking about it, mate. Yeah, yeah. it's a Northern Hemisphere first, mate. You got some fans, and Edinburgh hashtag always did. It was buzzing in there. What was the five hundred? How many people were in there? Five hundred, a uh, thousand, seven hundred. Let's let's just round it up to ten thousand, seventy thousand. There you go. Um, but I do need to congratulate you as well, Jim. Because I did see I did see a clip on social media, and it was all about the predictions of what was going to happen in that game, score predictions. And you predicted Glasgow would win as well, didn't you? Matt, I did, mate. Glasgow went full noise. So not only did you go against your team, hashtag always Edinburgh, but you were right in your Ruggers prediction. So James Hamilton isn't as stupid as people think he is. And that brings me on to my next point. Oh, here we go. I've been busy again. Jim's notes are back. And you know why I've brought that out? Is because there's been so much rugby and so much news that I thought I had to start writing shit down. So... Do you want me to read it or not? Do you want me to yeah. tell you what I got? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, rugby pod notes. Loads of rugby where to start question mark. <laughs> point, point one. Point one. Is it a question or no, it's a point. How bad were the games? Slash good were the games? High scoring question mark. And then I've wrote down all the games with the scores. It is a question then. It's not a point. How bad well, were the games? 
question. Yeah, mark. but that, but then I thought it was a bit negative, so I put good just because I didn't want to come across as negative. And then I wrote down all the scores from the games, which I don't need to talk about. And then my second point was like a big talking point was Tom West hooker question mark. So yes. uh, there's yeah, there's a lot of talk over that. Um, I didn't come up with an answer. I, but I just, I, yeah, I didn't have much time to come up with the answers. I just came up with the questions. And then number three, oh, here's a good one. Some outrageous lids going on. Is there something going on that we don't know about? Is there an underlying thing that we don't know about? You don't need to answer it. It's kind of like a question to myself. <laughs> it's a rhetorical question, Jim. It's a rhetorical question. Here's one for you. Number four, F- Fiji lad smashed a referee. How loose? Maybe jail? Question mark. He's gone for life and from rugby, and he's got to go to jail for that. And then I had 10 points down, but I only wrote one more. But I didn't have time to write the other ones out. Um, <laughs> Japan out, South Africa in. Who's to blame? China. That's what I've put, literally. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Jim's notes. Jim's notes. I love the way you said you were going to make 10 points, but only made five. That's as far as I've got today in terms of preparation for the podcast. Well, let's have a look at the um, the notes that you, you put down and um, the, the point you made on Japan being out. How shocked are you guys to hear that? Is it a surprise to you? Right, who knows what's going on anymore? I mean, is that tournament still definitely going ahead? Um, you know, there's the, the Japanese. I, I was, I'm in touch with Freddie Burns a little bit because actually you know, it's pretty tough for Freddie at the minute. He signed for um, that team in Japan somewhere. He doesn't even know where it is himself. Um, but they've obviously still closed the borders around... Uh, foreign nationals coming into the country I think and you know the visas he can't get sorted so actually you see him rugby back on in the premiership and he signed for a Japanese club so he's in limbo at the minute um, and he said to me he's not getting paid till he gets to Japan so mate it, nothing surprises me anymore um, first of all people were saying get the Jordans in I think now obviously there is the mention of getting the South Africans in there the Springboks coming over that would be the big pull wouldn't it because they're the world champions they're the best in the world and um, you know, I don't want to say no to Georgia, but it's a much bigger pull to have the the, the Springboks there than than Georgia Georgia coming over for you know to fill the gap that Japan have left. But it, does it surprise me that they've pulled out? Absolutely not. You know, I'm a bit bit different to Goody. I'd quite like to see Georgia. All this talk of them joining the Six Nations potentially if Italy is to be relegated, and there was a promotion relegation part to the Six Nations. I'd quite like to see what Georgia have got. All the hysteria around them. I don't think they'll have much. I don't want to be horrible. But then I heard that Georgia was struggling for money. Uh, and there was big money problems there as well. Mate, forget it. I go back on what I've said. Sia Khaleesi, good friend of mine. Bring him north. Bring him north, <laughs> mate. Bring him north. Well, the one thing the one thing we haven't mentioned on it is Bernard Laporte just saying stuff in the press in, what is he now, vice president or whatever. And he's, he's saying things and then the South Africans are like, we don't know what he's on about. So... <laughs> Classic French politics. Just say something you think might happen and hope it does when you haven't even had those conversations yet. So Bernard Laporte, a.k.a. Bernard the Door. No idea, mate. It looks like also that there could be eight premiership teams in the uh, Champions Cup next season as well, doesn't it? Apparently so. <laughs> I don't want to get all political. I don't want to sound negative. It's changing week to week, day to day. And my character is I'm looking for blame, right? I am looking for blame every time. I'm not accepting of all this. I'm not. I just want things back to normal, how they were. I want fans. Um, I want schools, which I've got. I've got schools. Um, gyms are open in Scotland, by the way, uh, which is great. How bizarre is it that gyms are only just open yet you've been able to go eat out to eat out or whatever it is and all these different things where you can go and eat junk food. Anyway, gyms are no. But I'm not getting... I'm just looking to blame someone. Whose fault is this that we don't know what's going on? 
Let's just blame the French. Uh, mate, mate, no. Blame I, the French. Only one place to look for this, Jim. And that is part of your heritage. China. Yeah, China. 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 Well, if it is just the top eight teams, that's uh, due to be announced this week. And the top eight looks like it's pretty much settled in the Premiership, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, more than likely. Um, although London Irish sitting in ninth, they may have something to say about that. Although they haven't won a game since we've come back from lockdown. But yeah, I mean, Gloucester down in eighth, Quinn seventh, Northampton sixth, all the way Bath fifth. Who were fourth, Jim? The mighty, mate. The mighty Wasps. Bristol third, Sale second. That's done and dusted, isn't it? So if that is the case and it gets announced this week, the top eight, although Irish will feel with five games left, they can still have a nudge. Um, uh, yeah, it's pretty set in stone now for me. Well, Beer 52 are on board again this week, boys. Have you guys been enjoying your beers? I have. Matt, I said, during lockdown, towards the end, I started having a few beers, a few settlers, as it were. Yeah, I didn't drink myself into the Abyss, um, and that's not the hotel. Is that the Abyss or the Abyss? Hotel Ibis, Ibis yeah. Hotel Ibis. Ibis, yeah. I, mate, don't stay there. It's a horrible place. I w- mate, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I wish I was staying at the Ibis or the Abyss. Anyway, but yeah, I have had a few. My, one of my favourite ones is the Wild Beer and Co. Bibble. Uh, it is a beer from Somerset. Do you know where Somerset is, Jim? Yeah, it's down south, mate. Devon. Well, no, Devon's a county, so... Mate, I'm, mate hey. De- Devon's a separate county to Somerset, but hey, I know they're, they're, na- they're neighbours. Do not quiz me on history, mate. <laughs> Do not quiz me on history. I'm unbelievable. Yeah, but I've yeah. gone for the Wild Beer Co. as my favourite one out of the pack. Absolutely love it. I mean, there's none left. Good, man. My favourite is the Hop Stravaganza. Uh, Get it? Yeah. Get it? Hop Stravaganza, not Hops Extravaganza. Extravaganza, that's No, easy. it's just yeah. Hop Stravaganza. Uh, it's a hazy IPA. Lovely touch, actually. Lovely drop. You can find out a little bit more about Beer 52 uh, by heading to their website, beer52.com forward slash rugby, and you will get, as a welcome offer for all Rugby Pod listeners, a full eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. Just go to beer52.com forward slash rugby. That's the word beer followed by the number 52.com forward slash rugby rugby and by doing that you'll be supporting the rugby pod there as well and also you should also message in on social media and tell us your favorite one and then andy good has said to me that he'll share a virtual beer with you uh, over however that is zoom, zoom google zoom zoom. Zoom. Zoom, zoom 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 what have you guys made of of the games at the moment because um it's been a few blowouts um did you expect more balanced teams to be picked rather than first teams and second teams and Ollie Jones has actually asked on Twitter whether anyone else is instantly losing interest in some of the Prem games because uh, some teams have picked a first 15 versus the Shags. Well, he's right. Uh, <laughs> he I, I don't want to be horrible. Apart from Northampton, Northampton have seemed to pick a more balanced team and they've mixed and matched it. The, the glaringly obvious one for me that I watched at the weekend, or was it in the week, I can't remember what day it was, was the Gloucester-Leicester game. I'm watching that game unfold and I can't work out whether that's a good thing for rugby in terms of Gloucester scoring four tries in basically as many minutes or whether it's an awful product that's actually going out there. And we've spoken about before, it's great that the games are being played and there's a load of talk at the minute around midweek games and how that could look going forward. But I'm watching that and I'm... My initial thought was it's a shit show, right? That's what I, I'm watching it unfold. Gloucester looked like they were literally running a team run. 
That's what it looked like when they were when they were winning the ball off first phase and they were going down the line. And yeah, there's a skill around that. We know Cipriani is very good at taking the ball to the line. That was just one game, right? And, and to be fair to Leicester, they came back in the second half when they brought on, um, I don't want to be horrible, they brought on the better players, more experienced players, right? But I watch it as a part, I'm like, is that a good thing? Then you look at Sale. And actually, I don't even think Bristol's team was that bad. It, well, mate, it was, it was proper turnaround Binju's team, wasn't it? Yeah. Bristol's team was the Shags, mate. There was no Randrandra, no Nathan Hughes, no Charles Piatel, you know. Luatua, yeah. Luatua, it was proper. Without being rude, again, you have to rotate your squad, but it was so obvious that Sale picked their best team and we're yeah. going to dominate that. And it, so it became a, a bit of a non-event, apart from seeing Tiff Eden's lid. I mean, on your Premiership debut, what are you thinking? You best be good, is all <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah, mate. And I know we joke about that. If you're rocking up right <laughs> with a lid and no one's talking about your step, no one's talking about you being a great chop tackler, all eyes are on that thing on your head like a mop. You best be good or you best have your razor in your bag like Gordy Reid did for Glasgow Warriors, ready to shave it off at, at half time. But I say that about Bristol. Their team was better than Leicester's. That's what I'm saying, arguably. So you've got that game, then you've got extra oh, my, oh my chiefs. I, I don't want to be horrible, right? And I don't want to compare the Prem to the Pro 14 because that's taken a couple of weeks to get back. And, you know, Diamond came out with some stats about sales penalty count from week one, which was up there in the high 20s. And it's come down to down to single figures now. So that's going to make for a better game already. So they've got the teething problems out of the way. I'm not saying that the, the Guinness Pro 14 is better than the Prem. It ain't, Jim. Mate, even though the Edinburgh-Glasgow game weren't great, I'm telling you now, that game for me was better to watch than the Gloucester-Leicester game. That's what I thought. Apart from Thorley scoring four tries. Yeah. Um, and But it's like anything you, you said earlier, Jim. You said Northampton, who have tried to pick two evenly balanced teams. They've won one game, haven't they? They beat London Irish. They've lost three out of their four games by doing that. You've seen other teams pick a real perceived second choice slash third choice team like Leicester did like Bristol have you know and Worcester have as well they've got absolutely trounced and so you're right it does become a bit of a non-event but ultimately that's where we're at with um you know the cramming as many games into into the short period of time that we've got and to get the season finished and it's not ideal but it's given people game time you can see Leicester they ain't bothered about trying to get in the top eight Worcester are giving everyone opportunities and you know hopefully you'll see the benefits of that over the next few years with guys getting games but we're in the here and now and for some of the games it's not a great look at the minute you guys were getting stuck into sale last week um, but they've, they've shown a bit of form now haven't they nah nah I didn't well nah, you were Jim you were, oh. you were you were saying they've only got route one China you can't say China, even though you can because you're Chinese. Well, exactly, mate. Don't say China. Everyone, China uh, Chief, I think, were the words you used, mate. China Chief, see what you've done there. The Chief. Manu, Manu. in the centre. I should apologise. I should apologise. Uh, Simon Orange called me out. I didn't know it was him. He didn't have an, an avatar or whatever they call it, an aviator, one of the things you have on in your profile. Or but just a blue I didn't tick. know it was him. Or a blue tick. He didn't have one. He's hiding behind it, which is fine. I get it. But either way, I followed him. He's called me out. Simon Orange, if that is you, mate, we're sorry. Mate, you've absolutely hosed Bristol sixth. I mean, Bristol kids. I mean, Bristol, you've hosed them. And I've got the score here in my notes. 40 points to seven. <laughs> it's a walk in the pack. But it's going to be that case, isn't it? A little bit of swings and roundabouts. They, you know, they got used to playing how they want to play. They've evolved a little bit. And, you know, how much can you read into them beating Bristol's? Well, you can just say they got five points and, you know, they play reasonably well. Bristol... Um, rocked up with a young team and a, a, a 10 who... Uh, this Tiff Eden, right? Apparently, he's really, 
really good, got loads of potential, but you just got to sort your lid out, mate. I mean, I know I had a horror lid when I played rugby, but it wasn't as obvious as that one. That is just, shave it off, mate, do something about it. Surely Pat Lamb's got him in his office and said, listen, mate, you've got to be really good to have a lid like that. You're not Jack Goodhue. He shaved his off. I think the mullet from Goodhue has gone because he's seen so many people taking the piss across the premiership with it. Um, so he's got rid of his. Now, hopefully, more will follow suit. Uh, but yeah, listen, Sale are a good side. They're going to be top four. Um, we shall see how things develop. But, um, you know, they did beat Bristol under 14s. Well, Bath was one of the form teams in the competition. Uh, they came unstuck to your mighty Wasp Scooty. Robbed. Robbed. Oh, robbed. Are you joking, Robbed? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a weird old game. Um, you know, obviously, there was, there was injuries galore. Um, the two hookers go off, then it goes to uncontested scrums. I'm getting heat on Twitter from one guy that's, or quite a few guys actually, that were saying, oh, Wayne Barnes got it wrong. No, he didn't. Wayne Barnes is the best referee in the world. If the second hooker goes off and it's a HIA, you can replace him and stay with 15 men, even though you're going to uncontested scrums. And yeah, I mean, I just don't get Bath. You know, they're, they're, why, when you're seeing Dan Robson have a go at throwing the line out, then Simon McIntyre's doing it. And don't get me wrong, they tried their best, and that is a bloody tough skill. But if you're, and Jim, you're a second row, Stuart Hooper, the director of rugby there, is, was a second row. Surely you're getting the team together there and going, listen, let's just stick two pods up. They ain't got a hope Old in school. hell of winning like Yeah. It's one pod at the front, one pod just behind. They ain't winning another, another line out. And then you just, as a 10, as Reese Priestland, surely you just keep kicking it and putting that line out under pressure. And, you know, you go back to the try that was scored to win the game, they've driven them over from 20 out with a makeshift line out. What's that about? Mate, you're asking the expert, are you? I am, James. I am. Mate, hey, well, it's like I said, mate, Scotland would have won the World Cup if they would have come to the expert. It would have been a two-step lob against Australia. And <laughs> that would never have happened. Yeah. I'm the same, mate. I'm watching Charlie Yules, loving the lid. I'm loving the, the, the skinhead. I actually quite like that. It's not really a skinhead. It's more of a, a two or three all over. Mate, yeah. you're thinking just, mate, old school, bang him up at the front. That's it. Mate, McIntyre, as as much of a, a good lad he is, mate, he ain't hitting the barn door over that. <laughs> so, <laughs> mate, you know what? I, I, we said it before. I'm well impressed with Bath, right, in, in, yeah. the, in the lead up, the way that they're playing. Ben Spencer's been class for them. Yeah, he has. But, mate, like we've said for the last two years, oh, my wasps. Great mate, team. They, uh, who knew? I, when when Joe Launchbury re-signed, I'm thinking, what are you doing, mate? That's what I'm thinking, I'll be honest. And then we've seen Malachi Fekatoa. We've seen a lot of him. Um, <laughs> but back fit, we mentioned Gopeth. We keep talking about him, how important he is. Ryan Mills is a good sign as well. Mills is class, mate. I've always said that. I was chomping in for England, but he's getting a bit on now. Um, I say on. He's 27 or whatever he is. It's not really that on. But in terms of uh, England, potentially. But, mate, loved him as well. And the back row, Jack Willis. And obviously, Thomas Young and Launchbury in that second row. Brad and Shields going well. Mate, I eat my slippers and eat, I apologise to the Wasp, Wasp fans. I wonder what Dye's thinking watching it, eh? It must be hard because he's put that squad together, right? It's his squad. Yeah. Um, he just didn't have any of the players fit, did he? And now yeah. it, it's all confidence, isn't it? You, yeah. you know what it's like. It's tough, you know, and obviously Dye's watching it because his son's playing. Thomas has re-signed a contract with the club. So, um, you know, there's no ill feeling between the, Young's fa- the Young family and... Um, and Wasps, uh, Thomas is a brilliant player, you know, and sometimes, you you know, you question about Joe Launchbury. Would he be suited to playing at another club? Who knows? That's his club. That's what he's passionate about. Exeter. You know, Exeter, mate. That's yeah, where he'd be suited. But then did Exeter want him? Who, who knows? Lee, Lee Blackett has come in. They're playing with confidence. You know, they try and play a fast tempo game. 
you know, Zach Kibarigi, look at him as a sign-in. Playing on the wing, he's a brilliant player. He was at Newcastle, could hardly get a game because there was Snotty Sonotti and Nicky Gunnivor and players like that that kept him out. Now, Wasps give him a run. He's got confidence. He can rinse people for fun. Mate, what about J- Jacob Omanga, my mum's friend's son? Uh, unbelievable. Mean, the, 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 lid, the lid needs looking at and talking about, but he's a great player. Plays the line. He's next in line, I think. I think he's overtaken Marcus Smith. Do you think? Yeah. I reckon. Uh, I, re- yeah. I reckon. I mean, there's a, there's a few, isn't there? Oh, Simmons down at Exeter, I really like him. Matt, I do as well, but he don't seem like he's got much interest from Eddie Jar, I don't know. Yeah, well, Eddie, you're okay. But he's, Eddie's got choices, hasn't he? So he's got Ford as second choice to Farrell or 10-12, whichever way you want to do it. That's a spirit. That's a spirit with Ford. Hey, and there then, you go. Then, well, he, he, hey, Ford, he did well when he came on, to be fair. Mate, his was... arms look big, eh? Hey? Yeah. Let's They're look. for you, they are. Them arms are for you, mate. When he sees you, he's getting you in a headlock, mate. Uh, but yeah, what's so good, mate? They, you know, they go to Saracens this weekend and, you know, the last game that I was at, at Wasps was the uh, the massacre of Saracens and Jim, you were there on the Friday night. Friday night lights, the Andy Good suite was rampacked. Jim Hamilton, special guest. And we put 60 points on you, didn't we, Jim? All I know is the Kovskins were happy, mate. They're having lukewarm bottles of Bex. That's all <laughs> I know, mate. Room temperature, yeah. they loved it. And Cantor Carlin. Yeah, it could be a different kettle of, fi- of fish this weekend uh, down at Allianz Park. So we shall see. But Wasps are in the mix. Great win for them. Well, we can have a chat now with the man of the moment in the Premiership and, and surely the next England back row star in waiting. Wasps' Jack Willis joins us. How are you, mate? Hi, guys. How are you getting on? Yeah, mate. Good. Good to see you. Um, how's the body after yesterday? A massive win for Wasps down at Bath. Another man of the match performance for you. I'm just looking at your bar at the back there. Is that where you leave all your man of the match medals as well and <laughs> champagne that you're picking up at the minute? Because you've you won a few, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, no. Body's pretty, pretty sore, to be fair. But it's always... Made a little bit sweeter if you've, you've got the win the day before. So, uh, yeah, chuffed to get the result yesterday. Didn't start our way, early doors, um, and, and slowly built back into the game, which was good. Jack, just talk to us as a player that's out there, and obviously playing really well, we can come on to that. But, I mean, just being out there at the minute, we're talking about the standard of the games and the momentum that's trying to gather around the penalties, which seem to have come down a little bit. The glaringly obvious thing around no fans – and the fact that teams are rotating players, right? Um, as a player, how is it playing in these games? Is it as strange as it looks as a, a spectator, or is it as hard, is it more intense than maybe we think? Still, I think yeah, I think we've all had to adapt. Um, the first, certainly the first couple of games I, I, I featured in, so Saints and Sale, that they definitely didn't feel like there was much multi-phase um, and and you kind of lose a bit of the buzz without the fans being there, especially going to um, Franklin's Gardens, always a lot of noise. Um, I think towards the end of the game, it worked in our favour and then being at the Rico against against Sale, found it quite uh, difficult because I think there's moments in the game where you really need that energy from the fans and it definitely picks you up and we, we've not been able to have that. And then uh, yesterday was definitely the first time that we really could get a get going and get some multi-phase in the game. Uh, but as you touched on the breakdown, it's definitely starting to to level out a little bit. I'll tell you what, talking about leveled out, they've managed to sync up when the guys score a try, the fans now, so it's not delayed. They've actually synced it up. Who <laughs> <laughs> knew? Who knew, Goody? Yeah, definitely. Well, let's talk about yesterday's game then. Um, you, you generated a lot of noise yourself as a team and a lot of energy from... Uh, from the, the the performance in in the face of adversity, really after the injuries. Um, first question for me: Did you throw your hat in the ring to throw into the lineouts because everyone was sort of looking? Dan Robson had a go, and then Simon McIntyre, and it, you know, it was weird, wasn't it? 
Yeah, well, it was quite funny, actually. He got a bit of stuck, stick on the bus afterwards. So James Gaskell obviously leads the line-up, was leading the line-up for us yesterday. He turned to me and my brother and said, right, genuine question, Willis Brothers, who could throw better? And both of us said me at the same time, was stuck around. <laughs> yeah, and he knew at that moment he needed to look elsewhere, I think. So, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't go with us at the end. And have you given Tom West any abuse for um, what happened on the field? I mean, actually, the abuse has got to go to... Dave Bassett, team manager. I mean, yeah. he's gone, yeah, he's really happy to play hooker. He's played there before. He's fully happy. And then Tom West has gone, nah, I don't fancy it, mate. What are you on about? I put, I put that exact uh, video of him talking about how, how happy Westy is to scrummage in the uh, admin group and then a screenshot of Westy's face straight after. <laughs> so I think he'll be getting a bit of stick over the next week or so. The funniest thing was is he didn't know. He didn't know himself. He got asked the question. The first thing he did is he looked back to his mates and he was like, <laughs> What do you reckon, lads? Are we, are we going to have a go or not? Like, are we going to do this? He, t- he, turned, he turned to me and was, I said, when was the last time you did it? He was like, oh, under 18s? I was like, mate, this is a premiership <laughs> match. It's not under 18s anymore. You can't be chucking your ring in the hat for uh, hat in the ring even into into hooker. It's, yeah, a lot a lot more difficult to be in that position. Well, mate, there's a, you know, a talking point that's come out of the game. It's quite funny. It shows how good Wayne Barnes is as well to kind of navigate through that situation. Um, Goody mentioned it at the start. One of the talking points is yourself um, around your performances, around the breakdown. And you probably don't want to blow your own trumpet. Players like us don't. We just get on with it and we just stay as humble as we can. But but for you, let's go back, right? Because you had a really nasty injury. I don't want to go too far back, but I want to kind of build up to where we are now and your performance off the back of that. I mean, that was a pretty long-term injury that you had. So I want to talk a little bit about that, how you dealt with that mentally. There's a lot of talk about Will Hurrell um, and his injury and Clifford as well, who, who's had to retire. That You know, injuries are a, a part and parcel of the game, but yours was quite a nasty one. So without going on too much, I want to talk a little bit about that, but also about how you dealt with watching England, right? And watching Underhill and Curry play in a position that arguably could have been you. Yeah, I think uh, when I when I had those injuries in 2018, it was a bit of a roller coaster. Few weeks when getting named in the squad, and a couple of weeks later, injured my ankle and my knee, and and then all in all, probably spent not far off 18 months out, and three operations later, got got back playing. Uh, it was yeah, it's tough, really tough, and I think the group I had around me, my family, friends, got me through it. I've always had a passion and and a drive and desire to to play for England one day. I, sort of came pretty close by getting named in a squad and unfortunately it wasn't my time with with having the injury. I don't I don't think I'd change change anything really. I think it gave me a really really nice perspective of of the game and and, and sort of life in rugby and that, that you can't sort of get yourself too too caught up in it all the time because you end up burning yourself out. Um so now I've definitely got a sort of a fresh perspective of it and very grateful for every minute I get to spend on the pitch. Um and and yeah look it's still a massive Massive aim, aim of mine and a dream since I was a young lad to, to try and put an England shirt on at some point, but it's never going to come if, I, if I'm not playing well for WAS and, and that's my main focus. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, we've spoken about it on here on the podcast uh, a few times actually, just how well you've been playing, the positions you get in to get over the ball and jackal for the ball. Um, I think, you know, when I tried to do that, my tits were on the floor, so I'd fall over. And G- Jim's about six foot nine in heels, so he had no chance. But <laughs> I was great. I was great in that position. Mate. Oh, yeah, that, that one penalty in the final. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yeah, I'll yeah. take it. I'll take yeah. it. Because um, your knee, it was a complete, pr- pretty much a complete blowout, wasn't it? ACL and, and everything like that. But then 
I'm watching you now, some of the positions you're getting yourself in with the, you know, obviously supporting your own body weight, but that wide stance, is it in the back of your mind at all? Are you, is it fully healed? Because, you know, I've had four knee operations since I retired and I just can't walk upstairs anymore. So someone has to carry me. But what's the, what's the thing for you? Is it in your mind at all? No, to be honest. So I think if I'd done it jackaling, it might've been slightly different. I did it in a, ended up doing it in a tackle. And I think because I was sort of, at the time, I was actually battling the, the left ankle was really painful. And I think what happened was that I was putting more weight on my right leg, suddenly got caught it caught in a tackle. And that's I kind of probably put that at the forefront of my mind that without the ankle, the knee wouldn't have happened because it's nice to have that, whether it's true or not, it's nice to have that, um, have that in my head. I think for me, I wouldn't be able to stick myself in those positions and stick my head in there if, if I was thinking about it too much. So as soon as you're in the game, it's just instinct and, and trying to get your head in there. Um, but I do a lot of mobility work to try and keep me out of those, that, well, help me out when I get caught in uncomfortable positions that I've got a bit of a get out with extra hip mobility and et cetera. So yeah, it's try not to keep it at the forefront of my mind really going into games. And then you look now around the breakdown, the interpretations around that. We should probably talk about someone who d- does have their head in there the majority of the time. We have seen some nasty injuries, right? Dan Levy, uh, apparently he's back this weekend for Leinster. His looked like a career-threatening injury, a career-ender. You look at Ellis Jenkins as well. The laws of now, the interpretations have changed around there to speed up the breakdown. As a player in the mixer, is that better for a player like you to, to get turnovers, are you finding you know that interpretation around that law is going to benefit the game long term? Yeah, I, th- I think it definitely will. As a as a jackaler, I think um, it's not necessarily made things easier. I think there's a massive element of that. There's a lot more uh, decision making going on now because something they've become increasingly hot on is is not ro- the tackler not rolling away, and you've got to be a lot quicker. Um, so now when I'm heading into a jackal, I'm not just thinking about where the, the sort of threats are in terms of clearing me out. I'm thinking, right, has my tackler got, got out of the breakdown? Because the refs, because arguably a lot of these the times where the, the tackler gets caught in, a, in the breakdown, he's going to have enough time to roll away and won't get pinged. But if there's a jackler in there that slows the ball up, he's going he's gonna to penalise the, the tackler. So it's having that element of, of decision-making in there as well and trying to make that split-second decision. And one of the things I wanted to talk about as well, obviously, we've come out of lockdown now. Rugby's back playing again for you guys. It's probably as close to being normal life as as it was before, as we can get at the minute. But during that lockdown period, it must have been pretty tough for someone like yourself who loves training, loves contact, to be kind of just in a house uh, without playing any rugby. How did you find it? And what do you do? I know you've done a plumbing course as well, haven't you? Um, yeah, I've got, yeah. I've, I would uh, say I've got, I've got a dodgy boiler, but I've got some Pablo fixed it for me yesterday, so I don't. <laughs> if you're about to say a block loo, then I won't be heading around. <laughs> I've blocked a few of those in my time, let me tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, so actually, so me and my brother finished the plumbing course sort of just, we were nearly there at the, before the lockdown and then ha- went in and did a, sort of the, the last few bits and bobs after after the main lockdown, really. But um, Alex Lumberg, uh, uh, well, one of my one of my best mates, and unfortunately he had to retire from rugby very recently due to concussion, used to be at WAS. Him and I have set up a business together in, in property, um, sort of the agency world. And that probably kept me kept me going during the lockdown. I was getting my training done early doors and and then focusing on on the business really for the for the rest of the day with him. And it's just nice to have that external focus outside of rugby. So you're a multimillionaire from property before we even talk about rugby, then, eh? <laughs> That'd be the dream, but not, not quite there yet. 
Well, that brings me on to the question about where you live. And we have this with a lot of the WASP lads, like are you Leamington or Coventry? Because if you're a plumber, you would know, well, I would know. Basically, when I was younger and a bit looser in Cov, I used to go swimming in the canals. Uh, and I got put off. There was trolleys, there were skateboards, and there was, there was these like white cigars that were floating around in the canal as well. They, they, they looked like cigars. They were, I mean, horrible kind of place. So are you Coventry or are you Leamington, mate? Are you are you in the canals in Cov or not? I've not been swimming in any canals, no. I'm, I'm Leamington, Leamington-based, yeah. Um, I was in Coventry for a couple of years in the academy housing um, that they put up for us, which was was pretty good. I was living with Will Stewart, actually, and Owen James for a good few years. And how, how, how did you enjoy Cobb? You said it was good. In what way? As in, like, just it, it was cheap or it was good? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, well, we, we spent a lot of time at the, there's like the showcase. I don't know if you know Coventry Similar. well. Oh mate, we're both from we're both from Cov, mate. We know it. Yeah, we used to do the the, the cinema into Nando's trip um, quite regularly. So that was about all that we could muster in terms of things to get to get on with in Coventry. There wasn't loads on, but um, yeah, I, I did enjoy my my years in academy housing. There's two cathedrals. We've yeah. got one to spare. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jack, what I should say, if you go to Nando's again, you know, at Nando's, it's probably the only Nando's in the world that have got six security staff with stab vests on. They know me. Ask them if they know me, then they will do. <laughs> They'll know me there. So it's a very cultured place, mate. Very cultured. Yeah, he's upgraded. He signed a big deal and he's upgraded to Leamington now. I, I get that. I get that. Let's <laughs> chat about um, family then. Obviously, your brother um, is making his way in the game as well and obviously playing a fair bit at WAS now. Um, there are reports coming out of a few players at WAS that he's meant to be better than you. Um, is that <laughs> is that untrue? Are you going to hammer him now or is he I'd, actually... I'd never, I'd never talk ill of my brother, but um, it's always nice to have a bit of competition, isn't it? So, um, yeah, him and I have always been massively com- competitive since a young age and uh, pushed each other. But it's def- I noticed uh, today, actually, when I was posting a picture on Instagram, that he's actually about an inch taller than me now, at least. So <laughs> he definitely can win that height battle. He's he's definitely got that me over me at the moment. What about a scrap? Who'd win the scrap? That's all I care about. I'd, I'd bat myself, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Goodbye. Always the older brother. Always the older <laughs> brother. Yeah. Or sister. I mean, my sister's younger, but she's six, six foot. I'd have her. I used to put her in the sharpshooter anyway, uh, when we are in cough anyway. <laughs> it's not about me. It's not about me, mate. It's about you. Let's, let's talk a little bit about... Um, the kind of resurgence of Wasp, because it is, it's unbelievable, under Lee Blackett. Now, one question I wanted to ask you, so Steve Diamond's come out around what Sale do at the bla- at the breakdown in terms of there's only two or three players that, that can go for the ball. How's Lee Blackett been with you guys and I suppose with the team overall? It's great when you're winning. Um, there was obviously a huge pause. Uh, Dai Young's obviously moved on. But how has it been? From the outside, it clearly seems amazing. But is there any kind of finer details you can give us around him about how he kind of man, man, man manages players? Yeah, I think, look, firstly, I, I think it was a real tough period that we went through die leaving. I was I was always very, very fortunate under him. And he was he was great for me, giving, giving me my first opportunities in a washer. Um, and it was it was a real tough few weeks. I'm really close with Thomas Young as well. And it's it, it was tough for them as a family. But I think I think Lee kind of stepped into that role originally as kind of interim um, and we all knew we had to buy in it wasn't wasn't his decision we all had to really sort of buy into that as a collective and, and step up and I think the Saracens game was a nice turning point for us where started to build a little bit of confidence uh, and then went into away at Irish home at Gloucester got three wins and then kind of put on pause for a few months uh, but I think that com- confidence that we had was was underlying and, and throughout the lockdown we knew that we wanted to hit the ground running and got the result against Saints. Great win at home against Worcester, where it didn't start our way, but we ground out a win. And then 
as you touched on the, the game against Sale, we let ourselves down and, and we knew what we needed to work on. And, and I think we applied that this weekend. And just going back to that Saracens game, I think you've been to the Andy Good suite a few times when you're injured. You're one of my favourite people to interview. Uh, we, had a, we had a special guest that day against Saracens, didn't we, Jim? You enjoyed that one. It was close. It was a close game, mate. <laughs> so, yeah. Jim was there. Um, let's chat about Lee Blackett. I know he's a, he's a good bloke. I know Lee away from the field as well a little bit. Um, loves his golf. I've been given a couple of nicknames that you've always given him. Uh, when he got the job originally, he was named Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, was he? Ollie Gunnar? <laughs> a little bit of that. Yeah. And then he's an Ian Dowie lookalike. Now, Ian Dowie was probably one of the, ug- the ugliest footballers. I know Ian Dowie as well because he was yeah. Cobb City manager. Uh, how's he taking the banter off the boys? Has it changed now he's the boss or is it still pretty hard? No, he's pretty good to be fair. I think he's just focused on maintaining the similar relationships that he had. And um, it, Lee's, Lee's been great since he's been been in that role and, and I've always got along really well with him. But yeah, he, he wouldn't like it if I called him Ian Dowie. So I've, stu- I've stuck away from that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep doing it then. Yeah, leave it to you, mate. Jack, let's talk a little bit about England, mate. Um, I don't know if you want to talk too much about that. I don't know whether you're a player that kind of puts yourself out there. We had John Cooney on. He's our Celtic correspondent. He's going to be on every month. I don't know. They've lost two games back to back and they're probably going to lose against Edinburgh this weekend. Don't know if you watch it, but he might not be on again. But he's a player that puts himself out there. He quite quite openly comes out and says, oh, I want to play for the Lions. I want to be starting scrum half for Ireland. Are you that kind of player? So do you speak to Eddie Jones? Are you, are you happy to put yourself out there? Or are you going to quietly go about your business and get 40 turnovers a game and just see what happens? Um, I think for me, it's... As I said earlier, it is my dream to play for England. Um, it always has been, but I, I, I'm always driving for, for improvement in every area of my game, every week, every training session, and, and hopefully it can it pays off on the field. Uh, and hopefully one day I'd get that opportunity again. But for me, it's it's a game game by game focus and, and trying to play as well as I can and improve each week. Has Eddie been in touch at all? Is he, does he keep in touch with you now you're back on form and back fit and firing? Not not really. It's just it's just for me about about focusing on those games and I think um, it's, I'm not sure when when the next set of internationals are I think it's sort of at the end of this season but things change very quickly it's always evolving so just trying to keep that form and, and play as well as I can game on game um, right up until that selection is is made is it's got to be my focus really I can't can't sort of go too far off that um, if I'm not playing well for WAS, it's not going to happen don't worry I'll give Eddie a call uh, and you'll be vice captain by those games in October November time so it's done mate it's done <laughs> We, we kept asking Eddie if he was okay. Are you okay, Eddie? Uh, Michael Jackson. We keep saying that, mate, but he's clearly all right now. Um, Jack, do you look at players around there, around the world, um, that you think actually he's proper he is? There's a lot of talk around Tom Curry, Sam Underhill. They offer kind of similar things, I'd say, in, in terms of the way that they play. You've got Adi Surveyor. Uh, you've got, obviously, the South African back row, Vermeulen, the size, the size of that man as well. Khaleesi, obviously a leader. Is there anyone that you look at um, and you're thinking, actually, he's proper. And I, I, I'd like to kind of base my game around that. I'm looking for improvements in, in, in carrying the ball, not just the breakdown. I think I think it tried to sort of take parts of, of everyone's game and there's different, everyone has their sort of different strengths. Um, you touched on on the guys, Underhill and Curry that have been playing for England. And you look at what a fantastic job they did during the World Cup and, and took them almost took them all the way. Um, and there were definitely some standout performers in, in that tournament. It's it's massively competitive in in every team, and as you say, South Africa, New Zealand, that back row is such a crucial crucial position. But yeah, for me, I'd study study different players' games for different reasons. And as you touched on, there's lots of lots of different areas that you can pick pick little pointers out on. But 
it's it's just you see these those guys that stand out quite clearly in those different areas. George Smith was he a big help to you when he was over at Wasps? Yeah, massively. Uh, I I think it was me, Thomas, Hask, and, and George. He he tend to run um, little extra sessions at the end of end of training, and I'd just try and tag along, go unnoticed. Um, I was still still a young pup uh, then, eighteen out of school. Um, so if I could slip in and get a couple of reps here or there, I was quite grateful. But just trying to listen to those guys and the conversations they were having based off the, the sort of decisions they're making and why was was really helpful. And I think someone like Thomas Young was was fortunate to spend quite a bit of time with with George at the time. Uh, and I just, I spend a lot of time with him as well going through our games. Well, I think if George was still here, that, that bar that you've got in the background would, would not be as far as it is now, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, he'd like a discussion with that. I'm sure Kurtley Beale as well. Um, Malachi Fekatoa, sweet Mary and Joseph. I mean... <laughs> What a specimen that guy is. Um, I've seen him in his full glory, um, which was amazing as well. Uh, but what's he like um, as a man? I, you know, I, I'm interested to know. We've seen what he's like as a player. He looks like an absolute psychopath when he's on the pitch and he's, he's looking uh, to open people up. Yeah, he, he's an incredible professional. Um, when he came over, he was always the first in the gym doing his prep, doing extra weights, extra skills at the end of sessions. And it, you see by his rig, I don't know if you've seen his rig, but he's... Oh, oh mate, mate, we've, I, we've I, seen, mate, seen him. We've, we've seen, seen a lot, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You have seen that picture, haven't you? Uh, <laughs> no, he's in some serious shape. Um, but yeah, he, he does make me laugh on the pitch. He's got a serious mentality and you saw the hit he made on Dingwall the other week against Saints. But he's just got up and turned around with these sort of angry eyes and just hit himself and gone let's go. <laughs> and I was just glad I wasn't on the receiving end of that tackle because there's some serious venom in some of his hits. The other question is, is Kirtley Bill missed or not? He's, he was a great bloke and a lot, a lot of, a lot of fun, fun moments with him. He was a uh, yeah, real entertainer. That's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> the, the social secretary of, uh, of Leamington, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't, I don't think he missed a night out in Leamington over the seven days he was, he was there. All right, Jack, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Best of luck for the rest of the season with Wasps and this, uh, hope you get back into the England squad, mate. Brilliant. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers, Jack. Cheers, Jack. Well done, Cheers, Cheers, mate. Good bloke. Top bloke. Top yeah, bloke. great bloke. Yeah. Top bloke. He, mate, I, I can't believe he didn't know that we lived or basically we are Coventry. How did we, he not know that me and you are the two cathedrals? How did he not know that? In our Coventry homes. In our Coventry homes. We speak with an accent exceedingly rare. You want a cathedral, we've got one to spare. In our Coventry homes. We ate Villa and we ate Villa. How did he not know? How did he not know that me and you are the two Coventry cathedrals? You are the Lady Cadaver with your others. I am the horse. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, yeah, mate, good bloke. He's hard as fuck, I reckon. You know, it's like we spoke to Lewis Ludlam last week. They just love it, don't they? How young are they? This is the thing. How young are they? Train, smash people, get your head in where it hurts. I mean, I don't remember ever being like that at all. I was. I was no, for a couple of years. No, you no, mate, you I was do. for a couple of years, mate. As a young lad for a couple of years, I was. When you were dominating Jono in training. You said it, mate. <laughs> and, mate and Guy Manson Bishop as well. Do you remember it? Yeah, mate. What about his Oh, arse? my hairy legs. Oh, my hairy legs <laughs> is all I'm saying. I lost a thumb <laughs> listening him in the line out. <laughs> Well, we'll get back to some rugby in a minute, but uh, Jim, it's time for your feature, isn't it? Well, arguably, it still is my feature. I, I don't know what, it's not arguably, it is, but I have a helper along the way, and I think that she's here to stay. See, I've just away. Oh, riddles, state. riddles, Jim. Riddles, like, riddles and riddles, rhymes, po- riddles and riddles rhymes. Bolton, cats and bolts and cats, riddle me this, Carol, riddle me that. 
Carol. Jim will solve it. Carol. Peel back, Carol. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Hi, Carol. How are you doing? Good. Are you on Must holiday, in- Carol? I am in West Wales. I'm in my little house in West Wales. So look at that. Oh, very. That oh, lovely. Carol. It's absolutely beautiful. We just had a guest on. It looks very similar to the Coventry Canal that had white cigars in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how lovely, Carol. Looks lovely. But thank Carol, thank you again. I'm, I'm more, I'm saying I'm more buoyant this week. I've got how my. How are you? You've been in training. I've been tempted to go on to just Google riddles, but I haven't. Now that's good. He has told me he's watched a lot of the older episodes of Countdown, though, so. <laughs> That won't help you at all, Jim. Oh, damn. Oh, mate. Well, I thought I had something from there. That was like the first one. That was like easing you in on that, on the consonant. The I got consonant a quick ones. one for you, though. I've got a quick one for you. Go on, then. What do you call a magician without his magic? What do you call a magician without his magic? Yeah. Ian. Yes! I mean, there's the bright. There you go, Carl. High five. Why? Why is that? Is that the riddle? <laughs> that's not the riddle. No, that's not the riddle. No, I got the riddle. Well, the riddle what, hang, why, Ian? He's still thinking I've about got it. One. Still... I've got, no, I've got one. What do you call a chicken from Ukraine? A chicken from Ukraine. Chicken Kiev. I'll tell you now. Chicken Kiev. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it? Because oh, Kiev's dear. the capital of Ukraine. I thought. I thought it was great. <laughs> what? I thought it was great when I told the kids. What you got then, Carol? What you got for me? Did they walk out of the room, Jim, when you told them? They looked at me the same way that you guys did. (laughs) Okay, right then. Here you go. This is it. You know, it's back to school week this week. Yes. Yes. So this is about children in a classroom this week. So imagine you're the teacher and trying to work it out. So it's a little maths test, Jim, for you. Oh, man. Oh, man. So there are 12 children socially distancing in a classroom. Yeah, right. That's going to happen. Yeah. So 12 children in a classroom. Six of the children are wearing socks. Four of the children are wearing shoes. And three of the children are wearing both. They're wearing socks and shoes. Okay. How many children have bare feet? 12 children in a classroom. Right, 12 of them. I ate kids, by the way, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so there are 12 kids in a classroom. Yeah. I mean, how noisy, how annoying. That's a small. That's a small classroom. To be fair, yeah, it's a private school, that isn't it? That's a private, or it's a school in Wales, like in one of the villages <laughs> or something. Six kids are wearing socks, right? Yeah. Which is obviously nice. Yeah. Four are wearing shoes, which is obviously amazing. That's really good. They're probably velcros. They can't do laces because they're really annoying. Kids are. Yeah. Um, three and kids. Three wearing... of all of them are wearing both. How many are bare feet? Yeah. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Right, so six kids are wearing socks. Six. Yeah. Four are wearing shoes. I'm tempted to say all of them. No, 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 it's not a trick question. It's not a trick question, James. Well, everyone's got bare feet. Stop overthinking this, James. I am overthinking it. So, Goody, do you know it, do you? I've got an idea of what I think it is. You blow my mind. So there's 12 kids in the classroom. Six kids are wearing socks and four are wearing shoes. Three of them are wearing both. I do know yeah. that, actually, yeah. I, 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 I can't get it at all. Because all I can think is that six add four is ten, add three is thirteen. So that's thirteen <laughs> feet. 
how many are bare feet? Okay, so uh, okay, so of the ones wearing shoes, Jim, what are you doing? I've got my black book. Don't worry, you've not heard about the black book. I've got it. <laughs> He's panicking. This is the panic's coming on the sweat. You got a bead of sweat there, Jim. I am. Look, I've got a little bit of under the arm. I'm wearing a light green t-shirt. I thought I'd do that. I was gonna, I was confident today. Okay, I've got, I got, a, I got a tip here, right? So three of the four children who are wearing shoes are also yeah. wearing socks. Well, th- th- this black book has kind of thrown me. So I've got 12 kids that are in a classroom. So it doesn't matter if they're socially distanced, if they're annoying, if they can't do their shoelace. <laughs> That's irrelevant. There's 12 of them. Yeah. Six kids are wearing socks, right? Yeah. So they're, so I've got them. They're not wearing shoes and they can't be bare feet. So I'm going to cross six out. Four are wearing shoes. Could they be wearing socks as well? Yeah. Yeah. What's the next bit? What's the next bit that says, Jim? So it could be four. Four of them are wearing shoes. Yeah. And three kids are wearing both. Yeah. So th- if they're wearing socks and shoes, then th- that's three. So it definitely takes six away. So six kids are wearing socks. All right, so that's not them. So that leaves you with six. Two. No, not quite. Not quite. Because I'm taking the six away. So I'm taking six kids away from 12, right? Which is six. There's six yes. left. Yes. Yeah. And out of them, four, four are wearing shoes, right? Yeah. So they're not bare feet. But three kids no, are wearing both. But some of the kids who are wearing shoes are also wearing socks. They're also part of the six. Yeah. Oh, it's one of these again. Yeah. It's yeah. one of these. So you've got six. Basically, it's under I've got, six. I, now. I'm, working, I'm working with six, right? So I'm working with six kids now. Yeah. So four are wearing socks. Six. No. You're four. Closer, though. Four. Four. <laughs> closer. You're close. You're really three close. Kids. Three, three, three no, kids. No, no, <laughs> keep going, keep guessing. You don't tell me one kid. Don't say no, that that's the answer. No, no. <laughs> you don't guess every number. Two, two. No, there's the last one. It's the last. Are one. Are you joking? <laughs> no. How are five kids wearing it? Tell me how. <laughs> yes. It's how? Five. Tell me how. I can't. I literally cannot work this out. <laughs> because Jim, three of them are wearing both. That's the key thing that Carol was trying to tell you. Okay. So, so if you draw two circles and they overlap. Who was your math teacher, Jim? I mean, we need to find out I who mean, she was and have a, a word horrendous. with her. Can you see that? Where they overlap? That three are wearing both. Yeah. Yeah. That's the six who are wearing socks. There's another three. That makes six. Yeah. And there's one there that makes four wearing shoes. Yeah. See, Carol, yours looks like mine. Look at mine. There. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say what yours looks like. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Right. I've got Back that. I mean, it's... <laughs> 20 lines and they're all trying to say this. There's seven who are wearing something. That means 12 minus seven is five who are wearing nothing. Yes, Carol, you know what put me off? Jim, let's see your picture again. Go on, let's do, see do you know what's put me off? Is the fact that I did the two circles over each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, my wife's going to kill me. She'll be like, why are you drawing, drawing stuff like that? Um, anyway, um, did I solve it or not? Did I solve that riddle, Carol? Yes or no? Did in the end, because you guessed every single number from one to six. <laughs> and the answer was one of those answers. So yes, Jim, you score. Thank you very much. Yay. And I, we, we, we should say as well, Carol, before you go, the what? first week we were number one in India. This <laughs> week we were the number one worldwide. So you're welcome. I mean, thank you, we should say. You are the skipper of you, our <laughs> ship. 
Does that mean I get a free coffee next time I go to a game somewhere? Yeah, oh, even you better. Can come, you can come in the Andy Good Suite for free, I'll tell you that. Oh, brilliant. I'll be there. I'll, I'll sort there. that out. All right, boys. Thanks, Carol. Thank you for the time. Enjoy your holiday. Thanks, Carol. I'm back to the beach now. Enjoy. Enjoy. What a lovely woman. Lovely woman. Lovely woman. Our what skipper. A lo- what a lo- Our captain, Jim. So if she's the captain, is that the same as the skipper or not? Yeah. Are you sure? You didn't say, you didn't sound convinced when you said it. If she's the, the, ca- if she, the, if she's the, the captain. Skipper, the skipper and the captain, they're t- the same things, my friend. Well, if I'm on her boat, I'll be the cleaner. I ain't bothered <laughs> at all. So Carol, riddle me this, Carol. Riddle me that. I just solved it. It might be through the back door, but I solved it. Back. There we go. That, that was actually a tough one, to be honest. I had the same thing. I was drawing circles over circles over <laughs> circles over circles. So I draw like two big circles and two little circles. Yeah. And uh, it didn't, it just looked a little bit weird. But anyway, it looked rude, it looked rude Jim. That it did, did look rude. It did look rude. I apologize. That's not the route that I've gone down. I'm meant to be professional. Well, the Guinness Pro 14 regular season is wrapped up at the weekend and it's semi finals this weekend. Leinster Woo! v. Munster. Edinburgh v Ulster. Who are you guys picking? I'm going Leinster and hashtag always Edinburgh. I actually think for me, and there's a big talking point that we probably won't go into now. I I think that this is where the Pro 14 should go. I think they need to go and, and make it more a Celtic thing, a Majiggy. I don't want to be horrible to South African teams. They ain't back in until January at the earliest. If they come the, back. If, yeah, if they come back. The Italian teams as well. But I actually think... I quite like these derbies that we're seeing. So you've got Leinster versus Munster. That's a, uh, the same games we saw a couple of weeks ago when the games got back and running, which was absolutely phenomenal. It was almost like a test match. I don't want to kind of overhype it. It was brilliant. And you, we've got Edinburgh versus Ulster at BT Murrayfield. Regardless of the game gone by, Edinburgh-Glasgow, I don't know how much you've seen of Edinburgh. Mate, they're a very good team. Like yeah. Cockers has done an unbelievable job with them. They've got some superstars in their team. Duan van der Merwe on the wing. Bill Matter. Bill Matter, Bill Matter is unbelievable. The, his work rate off the ball. Do you see his chase back for the, the tackle save? There you go. So that's what I mean. So, so so these things that you don't really see, because carrying the ball, he was getting smashed by Glasgow because they were not, I say smashed, they were stopping him after three or four metres. Mate, Edinburgh have got some proper players. Now also haven't actually played very well. And I don't know whether it's because we had Cooney on and we've talked him up for the Lions and it's caused a stir within the Ulster camp that he's thinking too far in front. But for me, I think that Leinster will beat Munster and I think Edinburgh are too good at home. They've got a game plan now and it's their time. Well, here's the thing when you talk about it, Jim. So, You'll probably be commentating again this weekend, will you? If they weren't annoyed with me for being a bit loose at the weekend on there. But they seem quite happy for me to go down my way. Okay, good, good. Well, what are you going to do when John Cooney is playing out of his skin? Have you got your rugby pod hat on? No, I'm giving him out of the match. I'm giving him out of the match, mate. So basically, you want Ulster to win. Which hat have you got on? The rugby pod hat, John Cooney. We're on the John Cooney bandwagon. Or hashtag always Edinburgh. You played about 15 games from 10 years ago. And, that, <laughs> and, and now you're living in Edinburgh as a city. So which one? Who are you going with, Jim? Matt, I want Edinburgh to win, but Cooney to get 50 points. So we're going to see an absolute <laughs> belter of a game. And our friend Cooney to score 50 points. There we go. Um, mate, a bit, credit to Le- Leinster. Let's talk about that as well. The only, the only team... I mean, I might be just chucking out a stat here. The only team in Northern Hemisphere history to go through any league unbeaten 
like the Invincibles. You, everyone talks about Arsenal in the Premier League. Before. No one's beaten Leinster all year. You could put out any team, Leinster. Bring the Shags. Your Shags are better than most first teams. Bring whoever you want. They are unbelievable. So, you know, will they get the perfect season? Munster, that's the big test, isn't it, this weekend? It was a hell of a game a couple of weeks ago at the Aviva, but you've got to back Leinster to win that one. And then I'm going to disagree with Jim because I'm jumping on the Cooney bandwagon and I am riding that bandwagon all the way to South Africa. Speaking of the Guinness Pro 14, I caught up with Cardiff Blues legend Nick Williams for our Superfans monthly subscription service recently. Have a listen to this. It's a, it's a cool story, bro. Like My wife and, and our defensive coach, um, Hodgie, they, they planned it for about two and a half months. Um, I had I literally had no idea. I'm not gullible, um, but they, you know, they, they planned it down to a T. Um, and it's not until you kind of look back at things and you think, Oh, okay. So that's that's what happened. Um, I'm sure my wife won't mind me, but she's a, she's not a morning person because the time difference in New Zealand is you know you got to call them early in the morning. So for like two months into Christmas, she's getting up every morning quite early on the phone. And I'm thinking, she's wonder what's up here. But then again, you don't see it until it happens. So yeah, that all that all eventuated. Everybody was in on it. Um, and then come the game, uh, the week of training, um, our manager said, "Oh, we have to change um, the weekly schedule around." Because there's a meeting that we need to uh, we need to get to, and I'm thinking, oh bloody hell, surely, surely we can work it out. And then yeah, we went to the meeting, and you know, I saw a video of Mum, and I thought that was my present when um, when uh, the boys when Mum sent a video through. Um, so she's speaking to me in Samoan. Obviously, the big softy I am had a few tears. What went was she up saying there. to you? Oh, she just said, oh, "I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you." Because I knew I knew deep down that that was my la- was my last year. And um, you know, she's saying to me, "So I want to know. I'm really proud of you." You know, I always she said that she's always struggled when I left home twelve years ago. So I was, it got quite uh, got quite emotional. Yeah, and then I went up and and I gave the old coach a big hug, and, and he goes, "Oh, mate, this is not your present. You go, Here's your present." Here, I turned around and boom, literally a tsunami of emotion just hit me, bro. And geez, I tell you what, I did one of the Kim Kardashian cries. You know, the real ugly cries, bro. <laughs> it was one of those. And I was just, I had to cover my bloody face. I was like, oh crap. Uh, but yeah, that was that was special. And then because the, 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 the other thing is, um, my mother wasn't um, she couldn't fly long distance because she she suffers from severe sciatica. And we, then we spoke to the doctor in New Zealand. Um, so what happened is my wife liaised with my brother Tim, um, who was talking to the family doctor back in New Zealand, and he gave her the all clear and all that. So uh, that was extra special as well because I didn't think I'd be able to see her up anyway. There you go. Just head to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod if you like the sound of that. And a big thanks to everyone who supports us on there. This season we'll be adding even more content to Patreon. It's just a few quid a month for loads of extra interviews and features. We couldn't do it all without you. So massive thanks to everyone who's signed up already for your support. Just head to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod if you want to sign up. Right, let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly and Suns are back on with us again, aren't they Goody? Yes, they certainly are. You're welcome everyone. They're back and we've been using them over the summer during lockdown, coming out of lockdown, taking my thatch on holiday. It's fully grown back and Suns are just strengthening it all the way. How's yours getting on up in Scotland, Jim? People ask me about it. People stopping me on the streets saying, Jim, Suns, I said, don't mention kids. Suns, (laughs) yes or no? And I just say yes. I say yes. For me, it's working, and that's why I look about 33, I'd say. I put myself at 33. The Suns is a men's health brand that's helping guys is one of the key issues that they don't often talk about. 
how to keep their hair. They do this by offering free online consultations with GPs, providing a range of licensed and medically proven products for preventing and treating hair loss and delivering via a monthly subscription direct to your door. They get results in 9 out of 10 men too, so you can take the consultation in less than two minutes. So just visit suns.co.uk and use the code RUGBYPOD20 to get 20 quid off your first order. That's S-O-N-S.co.uk and the code is RUGBYPOD20. So go and check them out and show hair loss who's boss. Uh, yeah, plenty of good this weekend. Obviously, loads of ruggers to talk about. Uh, but we'll start off uh, with the female of the species and Sarah Cox, who we've spoken about on here before on the podcast. She was the first woman to be an assistant referee in the Premiership game of Bath versus Wasps at the weekend. Uh, so a massive tip of the slipper to her. And also down under in bloody Australia. Amy Perrett became the first woman to referee a super rugby game as the Brumbies took on the Western Force in Super Rugby AU, Super Rugby Australia. Uh, so a massive shout out to those women uh, making big strides in the game. Uh, what else was good this weekend? Well, we don't really talk about Saracens anymore because they were very naughty. Uh, but we're going to name one Saracen and Tom Wollstonecroft. Uh, he scored a hat-trick for Saracens against Gloucester last week. Uh, as skipper as well. Pretty good effort from him. What else is good? Exeter, four from four since the restart. They are head and shoulders above the rest in the Premiership at the minute. And talking about hat-tricks, Johnny Hill, friend of the show. Uh, Only the second lock ever to score a hat-trick in the Premiership. And Sam Simmons as well. He got a hat-trick for Exeter in their massacre of uh, Worcester Warriors. Brilliant play from both of those two boys. Ollie Thorley, he gets a big shout-out. Four tries in about four minutes, actually. Well, it was the opening half hour against Leicester, which is the fastest four tries by any player from the start of a Premiership game. So a big shout out to him. Um, but what else was good? Jack Willis. We had him on the pod earlier. Lovely bloke. Nine carries, 19 tackles and another five turnovers. Ridiculous stats. Uh, but Wasps as well. They get a shout out collectively as a team. They had four players off the field injured after 34 minutes, including both hookers. Uh, and still got the away win at Bath. Uh, really good result for them. Uh, Rearguard action. And then they sing the song afterwards. Everyone's seen it on Twitter. You've seen the song, Jim. Absolutely love that one. A brilliant victory for Wasps. But the good this week, and I've got to go in there. I've got to go back. I've got to rewind. We talked about them a lot this year on the Rugby Pub. We've spoken about them just now. Talking about the Guinness Pro 14. The good this week has to go to Leinster. For my mind, and I can't think too far back, that anyone else has achieved this, but Leinster have won every game in the Pro 14 regular season. They've now won 23 games in a row in all competitions, stretching back to the end of last season. So a fantastic effort by Leinster. They are the Guinness Pro 14 Invincibles in the league. Can they go on and win it? I'm pretty sure they will. So Leinster get the good this week. Uh, Bad, plenty of bad actually as well. Worcester got absolutely smashed 59-7 59-7 at Exeter. We had Lewis Ludlam on the pod last week. I can't put him in the bad, but Northampton collectively have to go in the bad. Three defeats from their four games since the restart. And they don't look the same team as they were before the break, so a bit of pressure on them. Uh, what else is bad? London Irish. They've lost all four games recently. But what I will say about London Irish, they did lose to Saracens. It was a very strong Saracens team. I expected that scoreline to be a bit bigger, but they did show uh, a bit of fight in them, so... Uh, they're in the bad, but well done for not getting 50 put on them. We always talk about lid watch on here, don't we, in these sections. Um, so we're going to do it again. And unfortunately, one of them is going to have to get the bad. We've spoken at length about Will Stewart's lid. He hasn't shaved it. It's not a good look. Get the clippers out. But the worst one 
comfortably the worst lid I've ever seen in the Premiership since I retired uh, was Tiff Eden's lid from Bristol Bears. I mean, there's lids and there's absolute lids. So Tiff Eden gets the bad this week for the most horrific mullet you have ever seen. Um, he needs to sort that out. Then the ugly. A um, couple of bits of ugly, actually. One that we've not really mentioned, but everyone see Thomas Young's injury at the weekend. He got taken out by Charlie Eels. I thought it was a bit of a shoulder to the face. I don't want to call out Wayne Barnes. He missed it. So did the TMO. But that's something that perhaps could have been looked at. But I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to give that the ugly this week because the ugly, unfortunately, has to come from Connacht. Uh, Abraham Papaliti and Shane Delahunt both got sent off for Connacht against Munster in the Guinness Pro 14. It turned into a bit of a hosing, actually. Uh, Munster played pretty well after that. Uh, but Papaliti, who had a really good start to the game on debut, got sent off for a bit of a shoulder to the head of Connor Murray. And then Shane Delahunt got a red card for leading with the elbow straight into the throat of CJ Stander. So uh, not a good luck. So unfortunately, and it's only the third time ever that two players have been sent off from the same team in a Guinness Pro 14 game. So those boys have let their club down a little bit. They've said sorry. There was a bit of a shaky hand, so it was all good. But unfortunately, Connacht have to get the ugly this week. Thanks, Goody. And you've got a couple of shout outs to finish off with, don't you? Yeah, a massive shout out to the lads from Dursley RFC who have walked the 102 miles of the Cotswold Way this weekend in just 48 hours to raise money for the British Heart Foundation after they lost their third team captain to a heart attack earlier this year. What an effort from those boys and girls this weekend. Um, tell the blisters that, eh, Jim? Unbelievable, mate. They actually did an unbelievable challenge during lockdown as well in the Budgie Smugglers Climb Mount Snowden. Also, got a big shout out to the guys and girls at Ashley Down RFC in Bristol's. Uh, they're doing 50 burpees a day for a whole month as part of the Click Sergeant Burpee Challenge. A few of them are doing all 1,500 burpees in one day on September the 12th as well. So, good luck to Crocs. Connor, Squire, Will and Tyler, and you're going to join them, aren't you, Goody, mate? You're going to get some burpees down your neck as well, aren't you? Mate, yeah. imagine my tits along the floor. My goodness. Imagine the sweat. Imagine the, the tray. You'd be like a slug. You would literally, you'd be like a slug on the floor, mate. But it's not about you, Goody. It's about them. And they've got a donation page on Facebook. So just Google Ashley Down RFC. Click Sergeant if you want to help them out. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Goody. And thank you very much for listening as well. Don't forget to hit subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts on and check us out on YouTube as well. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. (laughs) 